Hey y'all, Kari here. A quick apology for the audio this episode. I picked up too many tracks on my mic. So you're going to hear Alexis's voice go in and out. That is completely on me. And I'm sorry, let's start the show. Many receive advice, only the wise profit from it. But with all of our futures uncertain, how can we know if following good advice will rob us of a lifetime of happiness? And can those who wish us well lead us to the arms of evil? These are the questions one 27-year-old spinster must ask as she navigates the waters of love. The spinster, Anne Elliott. The book, Persuasion by Jane Austen. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get lit! And I'm Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. Alexis, it is good to see your face. Oh, it's always good to see your smiling face because you you always seem to have a smile on your I face. Do. And I do, and love you know it. why? Because of people like you. My life is full of some amazing people. <laughs> I saw my husband walk through the door the other day. I said, you know what? I mess with you. You tight. <laughs> <laughs> And then I play. Yeah, I'm <laughs> We go together. <laughs> and then I get to turn on Zoom and see your face. I'm seeing your sister in about an hour and a half. Oh, okay. I'm okay. jolly. Have fun. <laughs> so, how are you doing this week? I'm going to steal your question. What did you do this week for fun? One thing. And what one thing did you do for self care? I love that question. Oh, um, one thing I did for fun. Um, boy, this is a, 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 Stretch this week. I I don't think I had any fun. Oh no, you got to oh, tell. Oh wait, <laughs> I finished reading this book. How about that? Does that count? That was the most fun I had all week. Just okay? the finishing it, not the <laughs> middle. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then for self care, um, I actually I I I gotta say I didn't. I had put off self care. Um, does it count that I wash my face and brush my teeth and even took a shower? And you know what else counts? Sometimes, you know, when you put on your do-rag, the, the tie be all sloppy and whatever. You got a little bow hanging to the side like a lady. Right, right. It's like a little flower. It's like a little flower. You better make that do-rag feminine. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, counts. That's, that's the most I could do. But anyway, how about you? What did you do for fun? and? What did you do for self-care? Um, some friends of ours DJed this weekend and I had the best time. They did like a DJ battle. Um, uh-huh. They're Haitian. So the mm-hmm. music was banging, you okay. know, and okay. it was just awesome to see your friends dancing um, on the. I don't know. It was just cool. It was nice. It was like that- we were out even though we were in. That is really cool. I have gone to a couple of those um, DJ parties and I've had a really great time. I haven't been invited to one in a while, but I had a really great time. I mean, you could at the time I was using a different um, video screen, but now that I have a larger one, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is even more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is my fun. first one in a while and I loved it. It was refreshing. Now it's 
time for Society Says, where we share your comments with the rest of our lit society. Alexis, is there a comment you thought particularly lit this week? <laughs> Indeed it is. Indeed it is. <laughs> I went back to my friend Instagram to find uh, a comment because, you know, they reliable. It's people be active on our Instagram account and yeah. I appreciate them. Can I just to say lit that? To Lit Society Pod. Mm-hmm. I'd be um, happy to go out there and read those. You know, I be, don't be out there like that. But, you know, when I do, it'd be exciting. So I got a couple of them. Well, I, I don't have a couple. I have one. <laughs> and um, <laughs> why are you laughing? I can't. Oh, no, we can't never speak this early in the morning. It's great. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. You're right. I, I do not have the proper words at all. But I did find a um, comment that I like. And this is from Angie Overbooked. And she's actually thanking Kylie Reed for um, bringing her to our um, page. And then she says, Friday afternoon is about to be lit. Hey. So I love that comment. What about you, Kari? Did you have a comment you wanted to share that was... <laughs> Liti. Yes, this is from So Period Many Period Libros. And they actually, I think, left an Apple review comment for us, too. They're very connected with us. We love so many Libros. And this is also from Instagram. So I was in your part of the okay, world. Okay, get into it. <laughs> so Many Libros says, apparently, I can only review once on Apple. Oh, well. And she's got a little shrug there. Great episode. Five star emojis. Can't wait to dive into some books with you all this year. Was not a fan of Nancy Drew. Just read the old <laughs> clock one. But after Kari's comment of not reading a book, I'm like, phew. Hopefully I remember enough to carry me through the episode. So if y'all don't remember our first episode of the season, I promised Alexis I'm not reading number one ladies detective agency again. I've read it. I will recall to mind what is needed. So uh -uh. so many Libros is like, great, because I'm not reading Nancy Drew either. Both Alexis books, may I add. Wow. If you wow. like mysteries, she continues, and a young, uh, precocious female main character, totally check out Sweetness at the Bottom of Pie. As per your discussion, <laughs> a great both middle grade pre-YA and graphic novel would be uh, class act by Jerry Craft. Oh, thank you. She's recommending a graphic novel for us. Easily uh, digestible okay. in a couple of hours. A couple of Girl, hours. Girl, we are there. <laughs> Wait a minute. You. That's truly relative. Couple hours for Kari or a couple <laughs> hours for Alexis. Either way, okay. it ain't that long. Thank you so many, Libros. I don't know if that's what that means. I do not know if that's what that means. Okay. That's what it means. All right, readers. Remember, leave a comment for us on, you know, our social media, IG. Probably not Facebook. We're rarely there. Twitter, we're there a lot. Or, and we especially love this one, Apple Podcasts, and we may share your comment on the show. All right, well, moving on to our theme of the week. Each week, we choose a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. And this week, I went back and forth with what our theme should be. Should we discuss how practical thinking has maybe stopped many from finding love with a broke man or woman? Nope. Should we debate the importance of our friends and family's approval of our partner? I like all of them. Which one are we going to go with? <laughs> In the end, I decided no one could better discuss these matters as they pertain to this week's book than the author herself. So uh, what do you think, Alexis? Do you think we should call the author of Persuasion for a quick chat? Um, I'm going to say no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Are you going to tell her how don't. you really feel about her book? 
Please don't call her. I'm going to call her. I actually got her number through an agency. They told me this was the author of Persuasion. And I have no reason not to believe them. I think you do. I think you do. (laughs) We're going to give her a call. Oh, hello. Hi, who am I speaking with? Uh, This is Jane. Jane Austen? This is Jane. (laughs) Unbelievable. Jane Austen, this is Kari of the Lit Society podcast, and I'm here with Alexis. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Alexis. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. It's, it's very hard time with it. Well, okay. this is obviously you because you know your name. So in what year were you born, Jane? <laughs> I was born in 1775. What was it like growing up in that time period, the 18th century? Ooh. Yeah, there were some good parts uh, and some not so good parts. We have a very comfortable life here at the rectory. Mm. Um, I live with my father, um, and he's a, a man of good humor. Oh, he's very serious about education. Can I ask, oh, wow. have you ever met the Bronte sisters? And if so, how much do you hate them? <laughs> well, the Bronte sisters were a little after my time, but I hear they're quite depressing. Mm, so, mm. Um, my work is more about heaving bosoms and corsets and parties <laughs> and, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> now, I have to ask, what's with your obsession with kissing cousins? Did you have some particularly attractive cousins in your lineage? We notice well, every book you write, there's a, a very attractive cousin. What's that about? It's never really appealed to me to be married. However, I must say that um, oh, in society, okay. it's quite important that we keep all that lovely money in the family. So if we're keeping mm. money in the family, who better than a kissing cousin to do it with? And, and you're not worried at all about perhaps the teeth of your children years down the line? <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. It's what it is. The money's more important, darling. Money is more important than teeth. I know that. I know that's right. Wow. You can always get new teeth. Um, You have the money. As Americans have been proving for years. Oh. (laughs) Keep it in, Jane. Keep it in. (laughs) Keep it together. What was your inspiration for persuasion? I guess it was quite nice to have an older character. A lot of the girls that mm. I write about are getting married very young. Yes. So it's quite nice to to build a character that had a little bit more substance. And again, to be clear, you do mean... A broken heart. By older, you do mean 27? <laughs> yeah, that's old. I know, it is. I'm agreeing. Most people in my society are dead by 45. So, yeah, it's quite important to get on with it. Past midlife. Okay. I am currently working on a new novel. I mean, I I have been around for some time, so my new novel, I decided to call it Rest and Recuperation. <laughs> um, but I haven't quite got started on, on the substance yet, but be assured there'll be a wedding at the end of it. And we're sure there'll be some kissing cousins. Alexis, did um, you have... <laughs> Alexis, did you have any questions for our author? No, this author call has taken me completely off guard. I've waited around over 200 years for this, so... (laughs) (laughs) And your agent's just doling out your number. I was shocked when he gave it to me, but I'm so glad we were able to reach you this morning. You sound lovely. You sound you just as beautiful as you were at 15. You don't sound 20, you know, in your late 20s at all. So you're <laughs> obviously staying young. And we thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for oh, joining thank us. Thank you so much for calling. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Lovely. Okay, well, you have a wonderful day and cheerio. Thank you. Cheerio. <laughs>
<laughs> Goodbye, Miss Jane Austen. Well, that was incredible. Can you believe it? Absolutely not. I'm still, I'm still in shock. Were you, I, I was in shock by how much she doubled down on these kissing cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They have no regrets. Mm, mm-hmm. Obviously. Well, mm-hmm. would you like to take a short break before we get into the content and brief synopsis of Persuasion? I beg of you, please. Hey, Alexis, usually here we discuss the author and their motivations, but we already did that in our Pride and Prejudice episode from season one. Is there anything special, though, about persuasion that we should know? Well, I think um, the most important thing is that, um, you know, it was published after she died in 1888. Oh, it's a posthumous work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Do you know so, why? Oh, because oh, her, her brother, I, I think it was her brother and another um, and kind of like an agent, I think, really wanted to get her books out there. They were, I think they were complete work. So they just said, let's put them out there. Mm-hmm. Well, Alexis, can you please provide us with a brief, no spoiler synopsis of Persuasion? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? But OK, I'm going to just get into it. Let, The Elliott family is going through financial difficulty and must rent their estate and relocate. The family renting the estate brings a love connection from the past that one of the Elliott girls hopes to renew. So, Kari, who do you think would read this book? If maybe you love rom-coms that start with her losing the guy she loves for the guy she thinks she should be with, but she doesn't love, then maybe you'll love this book. And Alexis, what were your first thoughts of Persuasion? Well, you know, somebody told me that this was better than um, Pride and Prejudice. So when I... I heard the same from a few people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, better than Pride and Prejudice? I love Pride and Prejudice. So come same. on. Same. So do... So, so yeah, I was just, uh, I was excited to read it. I was excited to read it for sure. Well, without further ado, let's get into a spoiler-filled deep dive of Persuasion. Alexis, please take it away with all of the spoilers. All the spoils. Here we come. Okay, so Sir Walter Elliot, he's 54 and fine, okay? And he is like the most vain father you could ever get, okay? He is like, I don't like ugly people. Um, Even some of my daughters, they're not the best looking. So I don't really love them as much. So who are you thinking of? Like, what actor were you thinking of should play him? So um, there's this, I think his name is Christopher Knott. Knott? That's who I was thinking. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm familiar with the actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I know he has done some Law & Order stuff, so that's where I remember him. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Anyway. Anyway, he fine. Okay. <laughs> His wife died 14 years ago and she kind of kept him in line. He, you know, she made him seem like he was a regular guy and all right, okay, that he was sensible. She gave him that. He is the father of three daughters. That's Elizabeth, Anne, and Mary. Elizabeth is the eldest. She's his favorite. 
because she's beautiful and she is likewise vain. Do you know the Tobias Menzies? <laughs> Tobias Menzies? No, I don't know. Her. Go ahead. Is he a cousin? No, I think that's the dad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, in a movie? Yeah, he should be. He's got okay. that like handsome old, no reason to be handsome. He's got that ugly that women like. <laughs> you know, women do like ugly yeah. men. They do. They do. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. They do. Um, the other two are considered inferior in the looks department. So he like literally pays them no mind. He describes his daughter Anne, the middle girl, as haggard and Mary as coarse. <laughs> All right. Mary is married to a wealthy man by the name of Charles Musgrove, and they live about three miles away from the family estate. Mary is also very entitled and often ignored. They don't care what she has to contribute because she ain't got nothing to contribute. Sir Walter stays single for the sake of his unmarried daughters. Whatever. So Sir Walter could also be like Vincent Castell, I think his name is. If you don't know who that is, it's okay. But he is staying single because he don't think any woman could like reach his <laughs> fineness and his old age. If he aged right. in this fine, who could he possibly marry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's the worst. And spoiler alert, she gonna get him up out of most of this book. <laughs> I'll be like, oh yeah, she got a daddy. We ain't gonna see him often. Right. <laughs> Listen, Sir Walter, he lives this lavish life above his means, bringing the family into debt. So a close family friend and advisor and a widower, Lady Russell, suggests they just make some adjustments to reduce the spending. He's like... First nope, of all, you don't this. even live here. And I want my gold dishes with my crab legs <laughs> on them. He is living his best life and he is not trying to reduce nothing. OK, Sir Walter says, uh, of course, nah. And but another friend and trusted advisor is Mr. Shepherd. And he suggests, well, maybe you should rent your estate out and possibly to a military. Since we're not in war now, they looking for spots to live. And they are meticulous people and they care about their belongings. So, so Walter is like, but you know what? The military people is ugly. I mean, they just be out on the boats and looking. Can you focus? Why is this related to Bias Menzies? (laughs) Why do you care if they're ugly or not? (laughs) We trying to get you away from poverty. And I don't want my family. I wouldn't want anyone in my family as part of the military because not only are they old looking, They allow nobodies to become somebodies, and I don't like that. However, he does agree to rent his um, place, Kellenich, um, his estate, to an Admiral Croft. And he just likes the sound of it. He's like, you know what? It does sound good to say, I've let my estate to uh, Admiral Croft. He likes that. (laughs) Very shallow. But he also has a wife. Admiral Croft has a wife and um, they don't have any children. So they're like ideal couple because they don't want their house, you know, messed up either. You know, kids running around and whatnot. So they also mentioned that Mrs. Croft has um, a family member that used to live in the area. And um, the name is Mr. Wentworth. But Sir Walter blows that off because he was like, Mr. Wentworth. That ain't no gentleman. Huh? But meanwhile, Anne is blushing because 
guess what? She used to be engaged to Mr. Wentworth. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Cross' brother, Mrs. Cross' brother is Captain Frederick Wentworth. He and Anne fell in love fast, about seven, eight years ago. I'm going to say eight years ago. And they were engaged. But Lady Russell persuaded Anne not to marry Mr. Wentworth because he was of low birth. And it would be a come, it would, wouldn't be a comeuppance for Anne to marry him. No benefit, no connections. It ain't, it's not worth it. Don't do it. And meanwhile, and her, he's like, but girl, I'm going to be somebody. You see like, all this potential? See who I'm mm-hmm. going to be, not who I is. She's mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm persuaded to believe otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. So her father, without actually saying no, disagreed with the marriage. And so Sir Walter and Lady Russell are obviously um, what's important to them is rank and consequence or connection. Did you feel that way? Okay, so Sir Walter is shallow. We've decided that and not much of a thinker. But Lady Russell was Anne's mom's best friend. True. Mm -hmm. And she's a wise woman. Like, And she loves Anne while everyone ignores Anne. Lady Russell really sees the value and the quality of Anne as a person. So they're very close. And Lady Russell is like, girl, don't marry no broke man. And that's the advice I would give. (laughs) (laughs) If I love you. I think you've given advice. advice I just gave that advice last week. (laughs) What'd you say? Don't marry potential. Marry what he got right now. Yeah, marry reality. And if he if he is supposed to be somebody, go be somebody and come back. What we were rushing for. So I do think it's still important to her, though. Um, Classes. mm -hmm. um, Because of uh, their input and broke the engagement off with Wentworth. And he was mad, mad, like mad. And so but he did go on to meet and exceed his goals. Okay. Yeah, you so, broke up with me because you a g- foolish gold digger and because you were persuaded by these nobodies. They don't know us. And now, right. like, I'm successful. And, and she's loving And him. I barely recognize you. You so old. With 27? <laughs> I'll let you get there. Go ahead. <laughs> she had an opportunity to marry um, her sister's husband. Did I mention her sister was married? Yeah. her. She had an opportunity to marry him first, but she was like, no, um, I don't want to. She has pined for Mr. Wentworth ever since. Only Sir Walter and Lady Russell know about Anne's short-lived engagement with Mr. Wentworth. So we also learned that her older sister, Elizabeth, was supposed to marry a cousin of the family, but he ran off and married someone else, a rich woman, but that had a low birth or an inferior birth. And he didn't keep his connections with the family. So Elizabeth, Sir Walter, and Anne, they all hate him. They're like, he's... He's Meanwhile, he's like, I just wanted my t- my kids' teeth to be straight. <laughs> 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 I see the pattern. Yeah. And what so is creating. So the family makes plans to move to Bath, which is some 50 miles away, so they can watch their expenses more closely. Not really, though. Anne doesn't want to go to Bath. She, she doesn't like it. I think it's the city. And they're in the um, country and she's not interested. And Jane so, Austen, I think, hates Beth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Actually, she, she just, just said, said that, that in our interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Walter and Elizabeth could care less. Again, they don't value her input. I mean, she's not cute. So 
She's the ugly middle child. <laughs> Although but, everybody seemed to want her, but that's another question. Listen, okay? You don't got to be that great looking. <laughs> you just got to have depth sometimes. Uh huh. Yes, depth of character. It seems like they enjoy the company of Elizabeth's friend, um, who's a widower. Her name is Mrs. Clay. So she's going to bath with Elizabeth as an assistant and companion. And they prefer her over... Um, over <laughs> but she ain't the cutest either. I mean, she got a protruding tooth and freckles. And he was like, Egh. yeah, he acts. The dad acts like freckles are a character flaw. <laughs> <laughs> How can a good person ever have freckles? Yeah. So Lady Russell and Anne are very close and she wants Anne to stay behind with her. So um, but it works out. Anne does stay behind. She actually goes because Mary, her younger sister, says, hey, come over with me. Stay with me for a while. And also, Lady Russell and Anne think Miss Clay is trying to get with Sir Walter. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, Mrs. Clay has like two kids or something, right? I don't I think, think she, she had, had any children. children. Oh, I thought she had children. Okay. And so anyway, but Elizabeth's like, she's not even cute enough for our father. So with them freckles and protruding teeth, that's not going to happen. So Anne is now with Mary. Mary has two young boys, okay? Mary is this self-absorbed sister and she needs a lot of attention. She acts up if she don't get the attention she needs. She's often sick and um, it's really like hypochondriism. Yeah, you know? no, she's, she's sick because when you're sick, you ain't got to do nothing and people like wait on you hand and foot. She's also my favorite character in the book. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Anne was glad to be of use. She could be of use to Mary because Mary needed somebody to just be helping her, you know, uplifting her. With her easy life. Mm-hmm. And um, Anne just really felt useless when it came to her father and Elizabeth. Mary's in-laws, the Musgroves, they don't live too far from them. And even still, <laughs> even though they don't live too far they don't really be inviting the grandchildren over too much because <laughs> they said marriage children is bad <laughs> mm-hmm. and they also have two younger daughters who are of marriageable age that's henrietta and louisa and they got a few other children so they got a lot of you know children yeah so mary's in-laws have a mm. lot of children including two eligible girls yeah yep. And they live nearby, like you said, Mary and her husband. And likes the Musgrove home. It's like warm. It's, you know, it's very different from her environment at home. She just enjoys it. So she enjoys um, spending time with them. A few weeks pass and they remember that there's these new neighbors coming, Admiral and Mrs. Croft. So they'll be moving to Kellynish soon. So everybody's a buzz about that. And when they arrive, everybody's eager to meet them. And when they finally meet, Mrs. Croft um, shares that her brother is coming soon. And it's like, which brother? It makes her a little nervous. Mr. and Mrs. Musgrove Musgrove, uh, learned that Mrs. Croft's brother was actually the captain of a ship um, that their now dead son used to um, work aboard. And according to letters from this brother that has passed, Captain Whitworth took very good care of him. So Mrs. Musgrove is like eager to show hospitality when he arrives. She she wants to show her appreciation for Captain Whitworth. 
When Captain Wentworth arrives days later, because he's a captain, um, a dinner is planned. Everybody's invited. Unfortunately, that same night, one of Mary's children falls and breaks his collar pole. So Anne is um, volunteering to stay home with the boy. And this for Anne, this gives her, you know, buys her some time from running into Captain Wentworth. Just backing up a little bit. Um, the dad, the boy's dad, Mary's husband is like, I'm going to go to this party um, because <laughs> sick children are the property of their mothers. Mm-hmm. He's like, so he leaves. And Mary's like, why in the world would I want to take care of a sick child just because I'm its mother? I want to party. And Anne's like, girl, just go. <laughs> and Anne's like, girl, just go and I'll take care of the baby. And, and Mary's like, oh, would you? I hate leaving my child, but thank you. I'm gone. <laughs> and it's my favorite interchange, uh, exchange in the book. Yeah. Why on earth would I want to take care of a sick child just because I'm its mother? I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. <laughs> that's good stay going and stay going and stay mm-hmm. oh as i mentioned Anne wanted to put off the inevitable crossing paths with captain wentworth after dinner charles musgrove and mary come back and everybody loves captain wentworth he is like the mr wonderful and the daughters uh, well charles's sisters louisa and henrietta they like him immediately like Please, can we get with him also? Because no one knows that he was once secretly engaged to Anne. Like nobody knows. A few days later, after the din- to, after the dinner, Captain Wentworth, went worth W's. They're not my friend. You're Y'all doing know. great. <laughs> Stops in the home to kind of uh, hang out with Mary's husband Charles and Anne and Wentworth, and they're finally face to face. And he is just very polite with her. You know, nothing like whatever. Oh, you? Okay. You know what? You are, and we did uh, date. That's what he's thinking. Because I looked at you and barely knew who you was. Dang. That's what he said. (laughs) So Anne is thinking like the worst is over. And then she's like, I wonder what Captain Wentworth is thinking. By his introduction, she knew it wasn't. It wasn't anything between them because he just, you know, like Kari says, like, oh, you are somebody I used to know. Somebody that I used to know. (laughs) But she didn't have to wonder for long what was being thought by him because one of the sisters asked Captain, the captain, what do you think of Anne? I thought that was balls. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you know, she was so altered. You know, I, I, I don't have to know her again. <laughs> and I was sure and sure that he hadn't forgiven her for, you know, breaking off the engagement by that comment. And while she was looking wretchedly altered, as he said, he hadn't changed a bit. He was like more glowing, more manly and open look. And he didn't look that he didn't have that bad look that, um, that Sir Walter says that, you know, military Navy men tend oh, to have. Right. You know, you it reminds me of something you once told me is that people only look better with age. And I used yep. to think that only applies to men. 
until I saw some old photos of myself when I thought I was fine and I look like a little boy. <laughs> so I think both men and women do look better yes. with age, actually. Yes. yes, we do. Yes, we do. It does us good to put a little age on. I mean, we babies, we babies. Let's grow up a little bit. Okay. So now Captain Wentworth now kind of reflects on knowing Anne and he remembered how warmly attached he was to her and how he had never seen a woman that was actually equal to her. He loved her character beside the little flaw of breaking off their engagement. He, he really did like Anne, love Anne, but he had no desire to meet Anne again. Her power over him was gone. He was single, ready to mingle with anybody between the ages of, check it, 15 and 30 catch who could catch his okay. heart, okay? <laughs> he would even entertain the Mrs. Musgroves as Henrietta and um, Louisa. They were like 19 and 20. But the type of woman he wanted needed to have Anne's quality, but not be Anne, okay? Altered beyond his knowledge. <laughs> Anne fully submitted in silent, deep mortification. Doubtless it was so, and she could take no revenge, for he was not altered, or not for the worse. She had already acknowledged it to herself, and she could not think differently. Let him think of her as he would. No. The years which had destroyed her youth and bloom had only given him a more glowing, manly, open look, in no respect lessening his personal advantages. She had seen the same Frederick Wentworth, so altered that he should not have known her again. These were words which could not but dwell with her. Yet she soon began to rejoice that she had heard them. They were of sobering tendency. They allayed agitation. They composed and consequently must make her happier. Frederick Wentworth had used such words or something like them, but without an idea that they would be carried round to her. He had thought her wretchedly altered and in the first moment of appeal had spoken as he felt. He had not forgiven Anne Elliot. She had used him ill, deserted and disappointed him, and worse, she had shown a feebleness of character in doing so, which his own decided, confident temper could not endure. She had given him up to oblige others. It had been the effect of over-persuasion. It had been weakness and timidity. He had been most warmly attached to her and had never seen a woman since whom he thought her equal. But except from some natural sensation of curiosity, he had no desire of meeting her again. Her power with him was gone forever. It was now his object to marry. He was rich and being turned on shore, fully intended to settle as soon as he could be properly tempted. Actually looking round, ready to fall in love with all the speech which a clear head and a quick taste could allow. He had a heart for either of the Miss Musgroves, if they could catch it, a heart in short for any pleasing young woman who came in his way, except Anne Elliot. This was his only secret exception when he said to his sister in answer to her suspicions, yes, here I am, Sophia, quite ready to make a foolish match. Anybody between 15 and 30 may have me for asking. A little beauty and a few smiles and a few compliments to the Navy, and I am a lost man. Should not this be enough for a sailor who has had no society among women to make him nice? He said it, she knew, to be contradicted. His bright, proud eye spoke the conviction that he was nice, and Anne Elliot was not out of his thoughts when he more seriously described the woman he should wish to meet with. A strong mind with sweetness of manner made the first and the last of the description. This is the woman I want, said he. 
something a little inferior I shall of course put up with, but it must not be much. If I am a fool, I shall be a fool indeed, for I have thought on the subject more than most men. Anne still loves Captain Wentworth. Wentworth. And now she has to watch him while he attempts to look for love in Louisa and Henrietta. What a position to be in. Early on, Anne tried to avoid interacting with him or being in the same place with him. But before you know it, they're moving in the same circles, um, being polite and not talking. But Louisa and Henrietta like him. But Henrietta has another love interest, a cousin. But the cousin cousin (laughs) is not as refined as Henrietta. um, But if she really likes this cousin, the parents seem to be okay with them marrying. The cousin is Charles Hayter, and he had been away for a while, but he comes back. And when he comes back, he sees that Henrietta is obviously interested in Captain Wentworth. So he gets in his feelings and is like, I ain't coming around there wasting my time. So he stopped coming around. And so one day, Louisa and Henrietta stop by. They're going to go get Anne. It's like, we're going to take this long walk. And they say long walk because they don't want Mary to come. come. (laughs) She is like a a total drag. She'll be whining and complaining the whole trip. So they don't want her to come. But Mary is offended. Like, (laughs) I like long walks the best. Okay? So I'm coming. These are her (laughs) sister-in-laws and they hate her because she's annoying. (laughs) They, They do not like her. But as they get ready to walk out of the house to go on this walk, Charles Musgrove and Captain Wentworth come up. They're like, oh, y'all going for a walk? I want, we want to go too. Wait, so Charles Musgrove is their dad? Charles, Charles Musgrove, Musgrove is, their, is brother. their brother. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, it's too many people. Mm-hmm, yes, that's mm-hmm. Mary's husband. So their brother and the um, hottie from the military that they like, who used to secretly be engaged to Anne, joins them for this walk. Yeah. And so when he they pop up, Anne is like, well, let me just enjoy the walk and I'll mind my business. Um, so it's clear that while the Musgrove sisters like Captain Wentworth, he just really likes their attention. And she knows this because she knows that man she had a relationship with over um, eight years ago. She knows. And he don't really seem to be interested. He just having a little fun with them. But she also notices that he and Louisa um, seem to be more engaged with each other than he and Henrietta. So she overhears uh, Louisa tell Captain Musgrove, Captain Musgrove, Captain Wentworth, that she, if she was in love with a man, she would let nothing stop them. So then she's got this, um, that's really a little dig and she don't even know it because Captain Wentworth is like, yeah, I need a woman like that. That's not going to let family or others stop them from wanting to marry me. Right. That's what he sees. Also, Anne catches a conversation with Louisa and, and Captain where they talk about firmness of character. So still that. and. And, you know, um, making a decision so that the whole thing is about making a decision, knowing what you want and standing in the 10 toes down as the as the statement goes. Okay, know what you want. Louisa also mentions to Captain Wentworth that her brother Charles wanted to marry Anne, but she refused him much to the family's disappointment. And Captain Wentworth is like, you don't say that's intriguing. 
So it was time for Anne to leave Mary and return to Kellynish to stay with Lady Russell for a while. But before they head off to Bath, Anne didn't really want to go back because she thought she would be closer to... Um, she didn't want to go back to Kellynish, but I think she did. She had some mixed emotions because, of course, she wanted to be in his presence, even though he don't really care for her. But, you know, the situation is what it is. Well, then she thought, well, he spends most of his times with the Musgrove, so it'd be fine to go back to Kellynish. A few days passed without seeing Captain Wentworth, and we learned that he received a communication from one of his friends who live in Lyme and went to visit them. When he returns, he tells everybody about his time in Lyme, and they're like, oh, we want to go. <laughs> we want to go. But the Musgrove parents, now this is Louisa and um, Henrietta and Charles's parents, suggest, well, let's go in the summer. That's, you know, probably better. But Louisa was like, no, no, I want to go now. And she's persistent about it. Of course, this is a character, a characteristic that Captain Wentworth said encouraged. It's a good one to have. You want something, stand in it and, you know, go until you get your way. The Musgrove parents relent and Charles and Mary Musgrove and Elliot, Henrietta, Louisa Musgrove, along with Captain Wentworth, all head to Lyme to visit Captain Wentworth's friend, Captain Harville. Captain Harville and his wife live in Lyme as a winter home. It's a small home. It's a tiny little home. But they have a house guest named Captain Benwick, who was engaged to the captain's daughter, the captain's sister. Captain Harville's sister. That sister died like the previous June. And Benwick has been, you know, in low spirits ever since. As one of their at one of their visits with the Harvilles, Anne is paired off with Benwick and learns that he is a passionate reader of poetry, something that he's turned to that seems to comfort him from his sadness. Anne encourages him to read other books. She even gives him some recommendations that fit the spirit of his mood. He um and he appreciates that. So the next day, the group, nobody is like really racing to be friends with him because he don't seem very inviting. But nonetheless, Anne hit it off with him. He's It's not that he's a shy person. He He's just going through something. <laughs> I mean, get him in a break. The next day, as a group, they take a stroll before breakfast and they pass this gentleman that pays attention to Anne. He, he like do a double take like, whoop, she fine. And Wentworth notices that the man notices Anne. So he like, what? I mean, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at and Anne so, as if to say, I noticed that man noticing you. And now I, too, am noticing that you are beautiful and I have noticed. <laughs> yes, like that. They later find out this gentleman is Mr. Elliot, the family's cousin. Mary is excited about saying this so cousin because oh, he's a gentleman. <laughs> so, look, but Anne is like, uh-uh, uh-uh, we don't like him. We ain't. We ain't we ain't connected. We ain't friends. Cause she don't want uh Went Wentworth. Wentworth. Yeah, yep. she don't mm-hmm. want Wentworth. She doesn't want anything to distract the possible future connection, reconnection between her and Wentworth that isn't going so well already. Uh, and so already. this new man looking her up and down, and then Wentworth <laughs> being like, oh, "Okay," it's like kind of like uh oh, uh, blocking. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So the group takes another walk. But on this walk, Louisa decides she wants to jump down a flight of stairs and Wentworth catches her. Wait, what her. happened with that, Alexis? Why did that happen? So, so they're on this, I don't know. It was, I didn't get, 
I didn't understand why it happened. I understood what was happening, but why? Because she wanted, she thought it was a game. She was like, she's got this renewed spirit. He encouraged her to just like, oh, I like your personality. And she's um, like, I'm going to jump down the front of stairs. This man like my personality. <laughs> okay, girl. Yes. yes. She now wants to make this into a game. But Wentworth is like, I'm going to play. And she's like, I'm jumping anyway. This girl jumps onto a wall and then falls unconscious. They're like, she dead. She dead. Yeah, she jumped for no reason. And no then reason. No reason. and then like visibly died. <laughs> yes. I was like, she dead for real? She okay. <laughs> so Mary and Henrietta, the sisters and sister-in-law, are hysterical hysterical and maintains her composure and directs the situation telling people go do that i suggest that go take care of this well and she's being reasonable they're like oh my goodness pick her up and take her to the mall and then um (laughs) and like why don't we go to the doctor and they like yeah let's do that what's interesting to me i'm talking about military men how come they don't have no good ideas it's military men right here. And y'all like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Anne has to come in here and be like, okay, settle down, everybody. Let's let's get her some medical attention, okay? Really weird. So um they end up taking the unconscious Louisa back to the Harville home, and the doctor arrives, checks her out and says she has a severe head and in- injury, but she'll recover, and it'll take some time. Spoiler alert, she will never be the same. <laughs> She's going to be walking into walls for the rest of her life. <laughs> she but, but she don't die. <laughs> there was too much wind to make the high part of the new car pleasant for the ladies, and they agreed to get down the steps to the lower, and all were contented to pass quietly and carefully down the steep flight, excepting Louisa. She must be jumped down them by Captain Wentworth. In all their walks, he had had to jump her from the stiles. The sensation was delightful to her. The hardness of the pavement for her feet made him less willing upon the present occasion. He did it, however. She was safely down and instantly, to show her enjoyment, ran up the steps to be jumped down again. He advised her against it, thought the jar too great, but no. He reasoned and talked in vain. She smiled and said, I am determined I will. He put out his hands. She was to precipitate by half a second. She fell on the pavement on the lower top and was taken up lifeless. There was no wound, no blood, no visible bruise, but her eyes were closed. She breathed not. Her face was like death. The horror of the moment to all who stood around. Captain Wentworth, who had caught her up, knelt with her in his arms, looking on her with a face as pallid as her own in an agony of silence. She's dead! She's dead! Screamed Mary, catching hold of her husband and contributing with his own horror to make him immovable. And in another moment, Henrietta, sinking under the conviction, lost her senses too and would have fallen on the steps but for Captain Benwick and Anne, who caught and supported her between them. 
Is there no one to help me? were the first words which burst from Captain Wentworth in a tone of despair and as if all his strength were gone. Go to him, go to him, cried Anne. For heaven's sakes, go to him. I can support her myself. Leave me and go to him. Rub her hands, rub her temples. Here are salts. Take them, take them. Captain Benwick obeyed and Charles at the same moment, disengaging himself from his wife, they were both with him and Louisa was raised up and supported more firmly between them and everything was done that Anne had prompted, but in vain. While Captain Wentworth, staggering against the wall for his support, exclaimed in the bitterest agony, Oh God, her mother and father, a surgeon, said Anne. He caught the word. It seemed to rouse him at once and saying only, True, true, a surgeon this instant was darting away when Anne eagerly suggested Captain Benwick. Would not it be better for Captain Benwick? He knows where a surgeon could be found. Everyone capable of thinking felt the advantage of the idea. And in a moment, it was all done in a rapid moment, Captain Benwick had resigned the poor corpse-like figure entirely to the brother's care and was off for the town with the utmost rapidity. As to the wretched party left behind, it could scarcely be said which of the three, who were completely rational, was suffering the most. Captain Wentworth, Anne, or Charles, who really, a very affectionate brother, hung over Louisa with sobs of grief and could only turn his eyes from one sister to see the other in a state or insensible, or to witness the hysterical agitations of his wife calling on him for help which he could not give. Anne, attending with all the strength and zeal and thought which instinct supplied to Henrietta, still tried at intervals to suggest comfort to the others, tried to quiet Mary, to animate Charles, to assuage the feelings of Captain Wentworth. Both seemed to look for her for directions. Anne, Anne, cries Charles, what is to be done next? What in heaven's name is to be done next? Captain Wentworth's eyes were also turned towards hers. Had not she better be carried to the end? Yes, I am sure. Carry her gently to the end. Yes, yes, to the end, repeated Captain Wentworth, comparatively collected and eager to be doing something. I will carry her myself. Musgrove, take care of the others. They sent Anne Wentworth and Henrietta back to tell Louisa's parents the news. Mary and Charles stay behind. Well, now, Mary and Charles are staying behind because, you know, Mary's got two children of her own back home. This trip was only supposed to be like a day and a half. Mary makes this big fuss because it's suggested that Anne should stay with Louisa because, of course, Mary would want to get back with her children. <laughs> so Anne, and Mary's Anne is like, like, who me? She's like... <laughs> she's like I'm her sister-in-law. She don't even have a connection with Anne. Why wouldn't I stay? And plus, I'm not leaving my husband here. I'm staying with him. So I didn't understand why she didn't want to leave her husband with his family and his sister. <laughs> <laughs> a sister she's not even really close to, even though that's her sister-in-law. That was weird. She just don't want to go home to the kids. She don't want to go home to the kids. She want to be out in the street. She knew Got she it. was going to be able to kick Got it. it. Mm-hmm. So, um... Mrs. Harville has like nursing experience. So she was able to care for Louisa. She didn't really need um, Mary to stay behind. Mary didn't help anything by staying behind at all. She was just wanting to be more important than Anne. 
Wentworth feels guilty about what happened. So after he tells um, Louise's parents what happened, he returns to Bath. I mean, excuse me, he returns to Lyme. And is like, ooh, it's time to go back and, you know, to my life, I guess. Um, so she goes to stay with Lady Russell. Anne tells Lady Russell about Captain Wentworth. But let me just say that when Anne returns and kind of gets back with Lady Russell, it's kind of an uncomfortable because so much has happened in her life and she's focused on, she's having, I think she's having so much fun with the Musgrove family and daughters and, and even this experience with trying to get back in um, Wentworth's good graces. She's having an enjoyable time. So coming back to the the normalness of Lady Wentworth, it just kind of makes, makes no, her. No, Lady Russell. Lady Russell. Lady Russell. So Sorry. Anne has two friends, one being Lady Russell, who's this, yeah. Um, yeah. who was the friend of her mom. And in Anne, Lady Russell sees like glimpse of her old friend of Anne's mom who died. Mm-hmm. So they are really close. But it's just her and um, one more friend and that's it. So Anne is like surrounded now by diversion and also the distraction of this guy she still has feelings for. And does he still like me? It looks like he doesn't, but maybe he does. But I don't know. And it's just as exciting as it sounds. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. Um, Anne tells Lady Russell about Wentworth and his attachment to Louisa. Louisa. And Lady Russell kind of feels some type of way. She's like, first, I really don't like you, but how you gonna go from Anne Elliott to Louisa Musgrove? I really don't like you. So Lady Russell and Anne visit the Crofts. That's, again, the new kind of big neighbor that's taking over the family estate, the Elliott estate. Where they tell Anne the and Elliot Captain Wentworth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and Elliot. So, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. And they tell Anne that Captain Wentworth compliments her. So, again, Captain Wentworth is Mrs. Croft's brother. So, he done talked to his sister and was like, you know, Anne, she is a good quality character. Anne is happy for the compliment. This feels like a, okay, maybe he coming around. He going Mm-hmm. Get my man back. We also hear news that Louisa is recovering quickly and receives a letter from Elizabeth that their cousin, Mr. Elliot, is in Bath and has made up with the family. Anne and Lady Russell like, Oop, I'm going to go find out what's going on. So they head over to Bath. When they arrive in Bath, to her surprise, Anne receives a warm welcome from her father and sister. She's surprised, y'all. But they don't want to hear nothing about her stories. They don't care. They want to talk about their life. They life. They living it up. It's great here. We love it. Mary is like, excuse me, Anne is like, but they don't get, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the situation. Do you understand? Yeah, you're not on vacation. You're fleeing from poverty. (laughs) (laughs) But they're so pleased with their spot in Bath. They show Anne around, tell her about Mr. Elliot. They said, we all is forgiven. We, you know, we friend, all is well. Anne is suspect, though, of Mr. Elliot. She can't understand why he would be trying to be friends now. And guesses maybe that he wants to marry Elizabeth. When Lady Russell meets Mr. Elliot, she's charmed and has no suspicion whatsoever. Anne is bothered by her father and sister's behavior. 
because she's like, why y'all acting like this with this guy? Don't you see? I, I mean, I see something's going on with him and y'all not even picking it up. So every, he's um, one of those superficially charismatic people that superficial people love. And Anne is like, but something about him is not trustworthy. Something about him isn't honest. Like, can't y'all see that? And everyone's like, mm-hmm. shut up, Anne, you ugly. <laughs> Ain't you ever heard ugly people shouldn't speak? <laughs> Can the fives be quiet while the tens are talking? <laughs> yes. Just like that. And they are even excited. So the um her father and her sister, they even excited about renewing another estranged cousin relationship because of her nobility. And it's like so over it. And she's still concerned about Mrs. Clay making moves on her father. And Mr. Elliot, he kind of agrees with that Mrs. Clay is not a proper connection for Sir Elliot. So for Sir Walter. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Mrs. Clay, who's been hanging around the family with Elizabeth. She's like Elizabeth's lackey. Like if Elizabeth is um, if Elizabeth is Regina George. <laughs> then Clay is like Gretchen Wiener, right? Oh, and yeah. Anne is like Katie Heron, not Lindsay Lohan, but Katie mm-hmm. Heron. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, that's it. Okay. I hope that helps. There are a lot of characters in this book. There are a lot of characters. I was thinking that. But and and so what what Anne thinks is weird is that she's got a family with a whole lot of personalities. How is this man just everybody like him. Just everybody like him. Yeah, when everybody like people, you, you're not trustworthy. That's true. Like, I don't know about that. Unless your name is Monica. That. Everybody <laughs> love Monica. <laughs> so Anne finds out she has an old school friend living in the area. Well, not in that area. She live in a different area, but she live in Bath. But you know the bad side of Bath. <laughs> the and side so of Bath her- that don't bathe. <laughs> so Mrs. Smith is a widow. She married a rich man, but he died and he left her with much debt. Um, then she got ill. And then when she got ill, she also got crippled. So something happened. Bad things happened to her. So Anne decides she's going to renew this friendship and she visits and, you know, she keeps connected with her. She liked the lady. So she's going to keep visiting. They was friends. And when, Invited to visit with the noble cousin and declines because she had plans with Mrs. Smith and her family is like disappointed to say the least. Lady Russell learns that Mr. Elliot wants to marry Anne and not Elizabeth and is pleased with the idea that it, it places her favorite Elliot and in the position of her mother. She would be Lady Elliot, you know, she, and she's like super excited. Anne is not interested in Mr. Elliot. In fact, she is still suspect of this man. But she likes the idea of um, Lady Russell referring to her as, you know, you you just be like your mother. And she does like that feeling. And Lady Russell wants her to have some security. So it's mm-hmm. some practical wisdom there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Marry your cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Crofts arrive in Bath and give Anne a letter from Mary. Mary, her sister, okay? Mary gives news that Louisa and Captain Benwick are engaged to be married. Can you believe it? Now, this is the bookworm that loved poetry. He has married the um, the 
out. Upsy bouncy girl. <laughs> the girl that, Louisa, that yes. went over the wall with Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's running into walls. He was like, exactly. mm, I love mm-hmm. you. <laughs> they going to be married. But she, you know, with that serious brain injury, who knows? Things might have adapted. Yeah, maybe she got knocked right. Sometimes you can get some <laughs> sense knocked into you. I've seen it. From what my mama promised me when I was growing up. (laughs) And it's so pleased that they found love with each other. Um, They have such different temperaments, but yet she's pleased that they found each other. Mr. Croft sees Anne and he tells her he expected Captain Wentworth to marry Louisa, but Wentworth is not too upset, is not upset over the news about the Louisa Benwick connection. Yeah, he's not not upset at all. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. Mr. Croft told Anne that he told Captain Wentworth to come to Bath because there's some women here. Meanwhile, uh, Sir Walter. Is, oh, Sir Walter this is, is my like, favorite part of the book. This is, it ain't no cute women here. They is all plain, plain, plain. Oh, that's perfect. He that's was perfect. in disbelief by all the ugly boo boo <laughs> women on the street. And they must not ever see a decent looking man the way they falling all over this average looking one. This is boo boo town. Ugga boo boo town. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm too fine. Yeah. It was like, there's not a cute woman in this place. I mean, because they is just all mm-hmm. Look like crazy. the bottom of a foot in the face. <laughs> How your face look like a heel. Hmm, these folks is ugly. Okay, and 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 and, um, Admiral Croft is like, it's all the fine women. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, taste though. (laughs) And actually runs into Captain Wentworth shortly thereafter. And while he is surprised to see her, She's been warned that he was coming, so she's not taken off guard. So she's kind of like in a position of power here. And however, Anne is with Mr. Elliot, the cousin, and they walk away together. And when they walk away, Wentworth is with his friends and his friends start to talk about Anne and Mr. Elliot as a couple. They're like, ooh, they, we know they've been together. And, you know, they know it's some word on the street about them being an the item. And he is like, um... Okay. Mm-hmm. So they see each other again at a benefit concert, and Anne can tell that Captain Wentworth is jealous of her relationship with Mr. Elliot. Meanwhile, Anne only has a heart for Captain Wentworth. Ain't nothing they could do about that. Anne decides she's going to visit her friend, Mrs. Smith, the next day and tell her all about this concert. Mrs. Smith is under the impression that Anne is soon to marry Mr. Elliot and attempts to encourage the relationship by saying, oh, he's such a wonderful man. It's going to be great when you get him. I just I just can't wait for you guys to be together. And then it's like, wait, I mean, I mean, he okay, but I ain't trying to marry him. Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith is like, oh, oh, for real? Okay, well then let me ask you this. Does Mr. Elliot ever mention my name? She's like, no. Mrs. Smith starts to dump all the tea, all the tea. In Anne's lap. 
Mrs. Smith tells Ann, Mr. Elliot is the scum of the earth. He is a gold digger. Just to reiterate, like, how drastic this was, she was like, oh, Elliot, he's lovely. Um, Are you, like, developing a relationship with him? It's obvious that you are. And Anna's like, no. Oh, great, because he is the worst person ever. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So she just started telling like, this man is no good. He would trade his title for a dollar, honey. Okay? He ain't nothing. She even shows Anne a letter of him saying that he hates the Elliot name and wants to destroy Kellenich. He also, um, so of course, Anne is like appalled. She sees this letter. She's like, I knew it was something about him that I didn't like. This is proof. Mm-hmm. But it actually sounds like he's actually changed a little bit. But she also has to note, Mrs. Smith tells her, he ruined my life too and my family. So I don't like him. But he does have this new plan. Now, Mrs. Smith tells Anne of his new plan. And his new plan, that's Mr. Elliot's new plan, is to marry Anne and stop Sir Walter from marrying Mrs. Clay. Because if he she miss if he marries Mrs. Clay and they have a son together, he misses out on his opportunity. You know, the son becomes the heir and not him. And he wanna protect that now. So he wants to write a like a marriage contract after he marries Anne that says so Walter can never marry. That way he protects himself from inheriting stuff. Right. And it's like, I knew something that was up with him. I just didn't know what it was. She thought about all that tea she got poured in her lap and decided she was going to tell Lady Russell as soon as possible. When Anne next sees Mr. Elliot, she is like completely over him. She's like, ugh, I don't know how I could be even talking to him. He is just so annoying. And she's these signs are just so obvious of her disinterest. He gets like the picture picture for real. Um, and that he's she's not even interested in making a love connection with him. So he was like, OK, I get it. Um, he makes it clear that he's going to leave the leave town in the next few days. He's going to leave town tomorrow morning and he'll return in a couple of days. The next day on her way to tell Lady Russell all she learned about Mr. Elliot Mary and her husband come in town. They pop up at the house. So when they pop up at the house, Anne is like, oh, I'm so excited to see y'all. Meanwhile, Sir Walter and Elizabeth, her father and sister, are like, I mean, is they trying to stay with us? Because <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't want them to stay And with I us, think I see a little freckle on their face. <laughs> And then she's like, once she realizes, once Elizabeth and Sir Walter realize they're not coming to stay, they got another place to stay. They're like, oh, yes, welcome. Let me show you the house. Come on in. Stay a while. Like, for real. Like, for real. Okay, so Anne learns that the Musgroves are in town. Well, Mrs. Musgrove is in town. The Har- Mr. Harville is in town. And Henrietta is in town. And, um... They end up spending time together and they even see Mr. Elliot with Mrs. Clay the next day when he was supposed to be out of town. And she's like, now they they both really are suspect. The next day, 
and visits with the Harville and um, Musgroves and Wentworth is present. Anne gets into a conversation with Mr. Harville about who remembers their love interests longer, men or women. And, and so Mr. Harville is talking, has mentioned his sister's death and Benwick moving on. And it's like, I think he feels like it's a little soon, but then they're having this conversation, him and uh, Anne get into this conversation and Captain Wentworth is overhearing this conversation, but he's also over in the corner writing a letter to Mr. Benwick because they got something planned. They, they making some little plan for them. So he finishes up the letter, leaves, and then returns because he forgot something. But when he returns, he crumples up this letter and slips it into Anne's pocket. Mm -hmm. In the note, he professes his love for Anne, telling her he's always loved her, but pride had kept him from reaching out to her. And she just needs to say the word and they will be together. I can listen no longer in silence. I must speak to you by such means as are within my reach. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Tell me not that I am too late, that such precious feelings are gone forever. I offer myself to you again with a heart even more your own than when you almost broke it eight years and a half ago. Dare not say that man forgets sooner than woman, that his love has an earlier death. I have loved none but you. Unjust I may have been, weak and resentful I may have been, but never inconstant. You alone have brought me to Bath. For you alone, I think and plan. Have you not seen this? Can you fail to have understood my wishes? I have not waited even these 10 days. Could I have read your feelings as I think you must have penetrated mine? I can hardly write. I am every instant hearing something which overpowers me. You sink your voice, but I can distinguish the tones of that voice when they would be lost on others. Too good, too excellent creature. You do us justice indeed. You do believe that there is true attachment and constancy among men. Believe it to be most fervent, most undeviating in FW. I must go, uncertain of my fate, but I shall return hither or follow your party as soon as possible. A word, a look, will be enough to decide whether I enter your father's house this evening or never. This is the moment we've been waiting for the entire book. Mm-hmm. And it's like overcome with emotion. Of course, she's elated because she's been waiting for a moment and her moment has finally come. And so she's like, oh, God, I'm, I'm sick. I got to go home. I, I got to go home. So her brother-in-law, um, Mary's husband, is like, let me just walk you home. But as she walking her home, as he's walking her home, they see Captain Wentworth. And so now they're. So, um, so Mary's husband, Charles, is like, oh, Glad you're here, Wentworth, because I got something I got to do. Can you please walk Anne to her house? Yeah. And Wentworth's and like, uh, sure, I guess. And Anne's like, yippee. <laughs> <laughs> I get to walk home with my beau. And that is that she expresses her love for Captain Frederick Wentworth. The end. You want to take a break? <laughs> Let's take a quick break, please. Okay, great. Where is 
y'all. We is back. Welcome back. So, Kari, what is your final verdict? And would you recommend this book? So, no, I wouldn't recommend this book. Listen, I started this book four times because I couldn't follow the plot in the beginning. Um, A day ago, so yesterday, I had a chapter to go. One final chapter to the book. And I completely forgot. And yesterday was like, oh, yeah, let me finish this book or whatever for the show. So it obviously, you know, I wasn't absorbed by this story because <laughs> I had one chapter to go where they finally get together and I could care less. Part wow. of that may have something to do with the fact that Jane's last name ain't Bronte. So I was expecting a happy ending from the beginning. Oh, you knew it. I knew from the start that she'd end up marrying the guy she loved and all would be well. So Fresh Prince shrug. Um <laughs> So I was just waiting for that point and it just took a lot of unnecessary turns. I didn't really contribute to the story. I still don't know why that baby uh, jumped and broke her head. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Uh, that was, was inserted drama for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with Pride and Prejudice is that every single character is so memorable. And, you know, mm-hmm. you love the main character and, and her sister Jane, but. But you you love them all for different reasons. Even the mother who's like the worst and you hate her, you love hating her. She's so entertaining. <laughs> In is. this book, there are a lot of forgettable people, a lot. And um, yeah. people are inserted for no reason. I thought it was trying on my nerves. But I will say, you know, I, ha- I-, I have always thought you shouldn't enter into a marriage with someone that's not ready for marriage ready to ready for all that comes with it all the responsibility but people's lives can change very quickly uh you might be in a position where you're financially strong but you are you lose your job and Mm -hmm. it takes years to find a new job that can happen to anybody so what matters most is a strength of character and this was a reminder of that i guess if i'm really reaching for some reason to read this but no i wouldn't recommend it it was boring what about you uh it's very interesting because i too had to start this book several times i'm like am i missing something i don't know did you listen to it or read it i listened to it and i read it i was like the reader sounds boring (laughs) (laughs) I just like, wow. I Okay, but I can, I'm going to, I got it. I got to get through this. So I, you know, I eventually got into the book um, and I did think it was uh, very interesting. I tried to listen out for things like the putting value, not on things or um, titles yeah. and those things. I, I listened out for those and I was able to take that away me- not Mary Ann's character was okay inserted as better than her her parents that her parent and sister who didn't really care for them because they were consumed with looks and all that so that's that um what do you call it um that that false sense of um being somebody that they were consumed with that was actually nothing. So, so I, I think, I feel like it had some interesting pieces in it. Um, but I, I don't know what I recommend it. I gotta say for sure, it is not better than pride and prejudice. I would not give it not that at a all. Long shot. 
Mm-mm, mm-mm. But I don't have to read it again. So I'm going to say it that way. I don't have to read this book a second time. It's not necessary. Well, you did lovely on the deep dive. That was way more interesting than the book. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) And what are we reading next week, Alexis? The book we are reading next week is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. That's right. And that book won a Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 2019. Very excited to get into that story. So that's The Nickel Boys on deck for next week. Thank you all for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Honoria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love you too. We love you too. (laughs) Absolutely. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit, <laughs> visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until amazing. next time, read, read something. something. <laughs>